friends, I'm Gwen. And I'm Danielle. Welcome to Talk Bookish to Me, the podcast where friends get together and talk about books. Today, I am joined by Danielle to discuss banned books and censorship. Danielle, go ahead and introduce yourself. Let the listeners know where they can find you. Hi, everyone. I'm Danielle. I love to read horror, thriller, some fantasy mixed in just for color. Um, And you can find me on Instagram and YouTube at DTheBiblio. And I will have all of her information linked down in the notes of today's show. But in an effort for my listeners to get to know you a little bit better before we jump into the focus of today's show, I have three questions slash prompts for you. I thought this would be fun. This is my first episode with Jacqueline not being the official co-host. So Danielle's kicking it off with me today, which I'm so excited about. I thought it would just be fun, like let listeners know, because I'm going to be having like a lot of guests now. I mean, I will be doing some solo episodes as well but so they kind of get to know you a little bit better like who is this chick what does she think (laughs) what does she feel like does she read like who is this person um highly recommend you go follow danielle she is the best she has the best humor she's such a good friend but i thought so you guys could get to know her a little bit better i could like ask her some questions you can get a feel of her you know so question number one of course you know I had to do my two-part question because I'm extra like that so what is your favorite book and your favorite genre to read so this question I always stumble over because when people ask me what's my favorite book I tend to go uh what books what I read So I would say that my favorite book is a toss-up between The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna, which is a historical fiction about two sisters in World War II in France, and The One by John Mars, which is a romantic thriller about an app where you can send in your DNA and find your perfect match. And it's about, I think, 11 people who go through this app and... oh hilarity and scariness unfolds (laughs) have you watched the netflix show i did and i you know it's only my opinion i'm only one person but i really didn't like it you didn't i thought it was you really have to separate it yes you have to say okay this was the book because i did read the book first yeah and then my husband and i watched the show and we both really enjoyed it but you do have to disconnect the two they can't be like oh this is the same thing yeah I mean basically the app thing is the same right but that's about it (laughs) yeah none of the I mean there was one character I think that was the same in the book and the show and the rest of the characters were all new inventions of the director which I mean it ended up being pretty entertaining (laughs) yeah but you know you do have to absolutely separate it's not based on the book it's based on the idea of the book especially considering that's like one of your favorite books you're like yes yes this is not it guys yeah exactly exactly I was so excited for it and then I was like I really need to separate these two in my head (laughs) my husband was always asking me like well what's happening next I was like I literally have no idea because this is not the plot of the book no (laughs) and like one of the most interesting things in the book 
and this isn't a spoiler, it's just one of the characters. One of the characters is like a killer. Yeah. And I really loved, I was like mind blown that that was one of the perspectives that we were reading from because yeah. I love reading about serial killers. Like, As do I. <laughs> and then they weren't in the show. Yeah. So disappointing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was so looking forward to that. And like you said, it was just disappointing that he wasn't there. And just how they introduced the character. Yeah. Was really cool in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. What about genre? What do you think is like your go-to? If you could pick one, read it for the rest of your life, what would be your favorite genre? I would have to say horror just because there's so much difference in the horror novels that I've read. Um, you know, you have the haunted house horror, you have the the slashers, you have the mm-hmm. ones that are more thrillers or psychological and there's just so much difference and horror is just such a visceral feeling that you get when you read the books um, that I would say that's my favorite. Awesome. Yeah, that's a genre I'm still exploring. I'm working on it. <laughs> I can right, help so... you with some, some recommendations <laughs> if you want. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Question number two. Tell me about your TBR in three words. Oh, three words. This is so difficult. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm challenging <laughs> I would say um long varied and exciting okay good I like that yeah question number three how do you organize your books slash your bookshelves so this is something that I am working towards every day is organization <laughs> Right now, I have four bookcases, and they are all haphazardly thrown in there, except I have my book of the months together. (laughs) I have my Sarah J. Mass together, and I have my Stephen King and Chevy Stevens on the same shelf because I thought that was clever. But that's that's the organization that I have. In a perfect world, they would be categorized by genre and alphabetically by uh, author's last names. Yeah, so like a library. Yeah, (laughs) like a library. Like a bookstore or a library, yeah. Yeah. I can't do that, but more power to you. Um, That's a lot of books. I mean, four bookcases, but I also couldn't do like the kind of unorganized. I mean, I'm sure you know, like, oh, these are where my books are, and you know it, but for me, like type A, oh, I would die, but you do you, girl. (laughs) We know how you do it now. So let's go ahead and talk about what we're currently reading. All right. Sounds good. So what are you currently reading? I am currently reading Before He Wakes by Jerry Bledsoe. It's a nonfiction um, true crime novel about a woman who she wakes up in bed and her husband is dead next to her of a gunshot wound to the head. Oh. Yeah. And so (laughs) she obviously calls 911 and they come to the house and she says that she was trying to move the gun from underneath his pillow because she heard her son in the bathroom and didn't want him to accidentally shoot him thinking it was an intruder and the gun just went off and it just goes from there and oh my god this sounds so crazy it is so interesting you know it starts with that and then it goes back to her growing up and her romantic history meeting her first husband and the oh she's she is a piece of work i'll tell you (laughs) oh my gosh that's crazy yeah so she wakes up with her husband shot yeah and like i guess it happened during the night something i don't know and he's 
he's like hanging on by a thread, but it, oh, it's, it's very, ugh. and it's a true story. It's a true story. Yeah. It happened in the <laughs> late eighties. This is one 80s. of those ones that I'd be reading and I'd have to be like, is this true again? I yeah. have to make yep. sure that this is true. <laughs> yeah. It was actually, uh, I read If You Tell by Greg Olson last uh-huh. month and I was like, I need to read some more true crime because my first foray into it when I was younger I didn't really like it because it read like a textbook, but recently the ones I've read are way more like novels. And I think I actually said novel in my description and I didn't mean novel because <laughs> it's all true crime. There's nothing, you know, mixed in, but it, oh, it's so good. That used to be my genre of choice mm-hmm. when I first, like when I was in the military. So like right out of high school, um, I went to the store and that I would just go straight to the true crime section and I would only get true crime. Um, and I read a lot about like serial killer guys killing prostitutes yeah. you know, across the United States, things like that. Um, And then for whatever reason, I probably just stopped reading for a while. And then when I started reading again, I just never got back into it. Uh But then recently, people that I follow online in the bookish community have started reading it. Jacqueline, you're reading it now. Like other people, you know, in our book club are starting to read it and stuff like that. So I'm just like, now I want to get back into it. So I did read the Greg Olson book. Um, I do have, not that they're, well, I guess they are true crime or whatever, but I have like a Ted Bundy book. Um, I have like a Charles. Manson book like so I'm really excited to read them so hopefully this spooky season I'll be able to read some more true crime but I also am trying to dwindle down what I have and then like right. reassess and get more so it's like a balance thing you know yes yes <laughs> definitely <laughs> so I started two truths and a lie by Meg Mitchell Moore yesterday and I'm flying through it I was reading a book previously and I really wanted to read it because it was an arc that was sent to me from the publisher even though I didn't request it they just sent it to me I still mm-hmm. wanted to read it and promote it and all that but it was just not happening the writing wasn't happening and I was like you know what I'm gonna put myself in a slump if I do this yeah so I did my classic DNF put it to the side picked up something else flying through this one it takes place in a small beach town north of Boston it's set during the summertime and it's filled with like small town secrets summer romance big time lies spiked seltzer and so far it's so good the writing is easy and quick to get through it's also really really funny because like these women like <laughs> it's just hilarious so yeah I'm really enjoying that one um it's supposed to be like a thriller but I haven't really gotten to like a mysterious thrilling element so far I think the main thing is that there's this new woman and her child that have moved to this town and there's like this squad of moms and she's you know kind of befriending some of them or whatever Uh and it's like she ran away from her past something's going on with her husband did she run away from him with her daughter did they get a divorce and she moved it just seems like she's hiding from him kind of yeah kind of like big little lie it has like big little lies vibes a little bit oh i loved that book and I'm so, from near Boston, so I'm going to have to pick that up. So maybe. I'll let you know my full thoughts. I am vlogging it. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. But so far, so good. Yeah, please let me know. <laughs> All right. Today's topic, I think, is important to discuss because I'm not sure if everyone realizes that this still happens. 
it's 2021 guys hello <laughs> and books are still being banned challenged and restricted so today i'm here with danielle to give you all the information about banned books week i want to talk about the top 10 books that are banned challenged or restricted and i'll also be sharing information on instagram at top bookish podcast so make sure you're following there as well Banned Books Week started yesterday. It runs September 26th through October 2nd. It's an annual celebration of the freedom to read. This year's inaugural honorary chair is Jason Reynolds, who is an American author of novels, both, you know, novels, poetry for young adult and middle grade audiences. Some of his works include Ghost, All American Boys, Long Way Down, Look Both Ways, A Tale Told in Ten Blocks, and there's many other books. I didn't realize he had like such a long list of books that he's authored. So, and he's co-authored with people as well. Yeah, that's a really big repertoire. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The theme of this year's event is Books Unite Us, Censorship Divides Us. And by focusing on efforts across the country to remove or restrict access to books, Banned Books Week draws national attention to the harms of censorship. Yes. Every year, the Office of Intellectual Freedom of the American Library Association compiles a list of the top 10 most challenged books in order to inform the public about censorship in libraries and schools. The lists are based on information from media stories and voluntary challenge reports sent into the Office for Intellectual Freedom from communities across the United States. A new list is released during National Library Week in April each year. Keep in mind as we move forward that a challenge is an attempt to remove or restrict materials based upon the objections of a person or a group. And we will get into that a little bit later on in today's episode. Now, the banning is is the actual removal of those materials. So if a book is being banned, it has been removed from a location, a library, a school library, a store, sometimes Amazon, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) wherever books are sold. Um, So we're going to go down the list of the top 10 most challenged books of 2020 for you. Obviously, it's 2021. um, And that's this year isn't over yet. So it's always the year before that you're looking at. So this year's 2021's list won't come out until next year. So we're going to go ahead and go into the list. Starting off, we just did these from the number one most challenge restricted or banned book all the way down to number 10. So why don't you kick us off with the first book? All right. So first up, we have George by Alex Gino. And this was challenge, banned, and restricted for LGBTQIA plus content, conflicting with a religious viewpoint, and not reflecting the quote unquote values of our community. (laughs) horrible. Yep. All right. So this has been number one on the list in 2019, 2018. It was number five in 2017. It was number three in 2016. And that's a common theme. These books that we're talking about, they show up on these lists and then they just tend to stick around year after year after year. Yeah. And you guys can't see me because this is a podcast, but I'm wearing my my um, Unity shirt, my LGBTQIA flag shirt just for this occasion. <laughs> All right. The second book is Stamped 
Racism, Anti-Racism, and You by Abram X. Kendi and Jason Reynolds, the inaugural chair. So this was banned and challenged because of the author's public statements and because of claims that the book contains, quote unquote, selective storytelling incidents and does not encompass racism against all people. Again, <laughs> I'm not understanding this. No, me neither. You can never in any novel, any, you know, nonfiction or fiction book, you can't cover everything. Right. I just, that just doesn't make sense. Exactly. And if you tried to, I think it would come off so preachy that mm -hmm. you wouldn't have a bigger, a big enough audience to make an impact either. And then I think it would also, like you said earlier, it would come off very textbooky. Yeah. And people wouldn't read it. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> you can't do all things for all people all the time. You just can't. Right. Number three, we have All American Boys by Jason Reynolds again and Brandon Keeley. Banned and challenged for profanity, drug use, and alcoholism because it was thought to promote anti-police views, contain divisive topics, and be too much of a sensitive matter right now. <laughs> I'm just shaking my head the entire time. And I'm like, I am laughing about it, but it's not a laughing matter. I'm no. Just, I'm laughing. That's like my coping mechanism because I get so angry about this. I'm like, these are things we need to be talking about right now. Exactly. Exactly. And if you don't want to read it, if it's too sensitive for you as a reader, don't read it right now. But for the people that are looking for that information. Mm-hmm. Why can't the information be there for you? Exactly. Exactly. I feel like we're both laughing because it's so silly. Ridiculous. <laughs> that it's being removed it's from us. And we're banning books. Yeah, exactly. It's like, if you don't want to read it, just don't. Yeah, it seems so, like, simple. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> All right. Next up on our list is Speak by Lori Howells Anderson. And this has been banned, challenged, and restricted because it was thought to contain a political viewpoint, thought to contain. Mm -hmm. I just want to say that again. Yeah. It was claimed to be biased against male students, and it included rape and profanity. Oh. Uh, this one's been around for a while, too. Yes, it has. Yeah. It has been around for a while. <laughs> it has, yes. Yeah. Next, we have the absolutely true diary of a part-time indian by sherman alexi and this was banned and challenged for profanity sexual references and allegations of sexual misconduct on the part of the author all right so let's just go ahead and tackle that yeah author versus their work thing right this is something that i do hope to do a whole episode about in the future separating the artist and the art yeah um I think it's very particular to the reader. Again, if that's something that bothers you, don't read it. Right. But for other people, they need that information out there that's in this story written, you know, by someone in the community, about mm -hmm. the community. I have to do my own research because a lot of times you hear about these things on social media. You're like, yeah. oh, you know, like, let's just throw it out there. The biggest one you're probably thinking of, J.K. Rowling. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
you hear all this stuff on Twitter, you hear all this stuff on Instagram, you hear all of this stuff. And to me, I'm like, okay, I obviously need to do my own research and find out what this is about. Right. So I go, I don't go, I don't say, oh, someone wants to blacklist this person, cancel this person, whatever. I don't just take it at face value. I always do my own research. Mm -hmm. So any author, any artist, any like music artist, like actual like painting artist, whatever you yeah. call them, they're just artists. But you know what I'm saying? Like I do my own research and I have to decide on an individual basis if they have done something that is against my own like morals and values yeah jk rowling yes piece of trash no one wants <laughs> no one supporting her right nope. now um <laughs> what you do with your harry potter books i don't care it's individual to you it's individual to me like you do you but this is allegations this yeah. isn't this has been proven so you also have to look at it like Okay, so you have to do your own research, people. So don't just take what we say on this podcast as like, you know, this is the facts. Right. You do your own research. Like I said, it says allegations. And that's just what the information from Band Book Week said. So please do your information. <laughs> um, it's just, it's a very touchy top topic. It really is. Um, but I just think it has to be individual. Readers have to decide for themselves. Yes, absolutely. And I think there's a difference, too, with banning books based on allegations or the personality or the flaws of a certain author rather than just people getting together and just not supporting them. Like with J.K. Rowling, you know, Harry Potter has been on this list for other things um, in the past. And I think that probably brought Harry Potter more into the light of other of people who wanted to go against the banned books list like I tend to do yeah um where yeah. once she came you know went on to Twitter in her turf rampage um then I said you know I'm not going to be purchasing any more books because I don't want to be supporting her but at the same time I think banning books brings it to light do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It bring it like when I hear don't do something, I'm like, Ooh, watch me do this. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's that little <laughs> like oppositional defiance disorder that I think a lot, <laughs> especially a lot of readers have. Yes. Because you're like, you're not going to tell us what to read. Exactly. You know? It's like, did I want to go purchase every book on this list that I didn't already have a copy of? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. Absolutely. <laughs> are they in um, my cart on Amazon right now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, they are. So, yeah, so take all of this and do what you want with it. We're just here sharing the facts. Yes. Uh, the next book on this list, I was super shocked to find because it is a children's picture book. Wow. Okay. It is Something Happened in Our Town, a child's story about racial injustice by Marianne Salino, Marietta Collins, and Anne Hazard, illustrated by Jennifer Zizon. Challenged for divisive language and because it was thought to promote anti-police views. Now, I will say that I did check this book out from the library because I hadn't heard of this one mm -hmm. and I wanted to see like what it looked like, the you know, all that. So I will be sharing some like an insert of like what the art looks like and oh, stuff cool. like that on Instagram. Um, and in the back, now it is hard because this is a picture book. Mm -hmm. So obviously it is geared towards younger children. And I'm going to talk about my thoughts on that later. But in the back of the book, they had a very in-depth, I didn't get to read all of it, but a very in-depth 
for like the caregivers or for the parents to like read through Mm -hmm. and how to talk their child through the things discussed in the book. Yeah. And I was like, that's perfect because in my opinion, if you were going to tackle something like that with your small child, and I'm on the fence, I don't have children, so I don't know what I would do. I would like to say I would do A, but I I don't know because I don't have children, you know? So I thought it was great that if I was a parent and I decided to tackle something, this would probably be one of the books that I would pick up because it guides me through how to discuss these things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, my my sister has two small children um, and she's starting to think about how she can go through telling them about racial injustice and about... um, you know, people trying to overcome other obstacles that, you know, I'm trying to think of the words here, but yeah. my brain isn't working right now. <laughs> yeah. <That> um, <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying. It's an yeah. important topic and it is hard to know what to say. Right. I mean, Daniel and I are both white. To me, not knowing some of the things or how to explain things coming from other than a white lens. Right. I think it would be really nice to have like a guide to like, you know, have other input. Absolutely. From professionals and stuff like that, that could help me explain those things. So. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's, it's just crazy to me. <laughs> that people yeah, want to remove really, that. Really <laughs> yeah. Uh, next on the list is To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. Um, this has also been around for a yes, long time. A, here to stay. <laughs> yeah. And this has been banned and challenged for racial slurs and their negative effect on students, featuring a white savior character and its perception of the black experience. This is a book I have not read as an adult. I only read it in high school or middle school or yeah. whenever they made me read it. Yeah. Um, but... It obviously didn't have an effect on me, but I am white. So, yeah, I can't speak to that. But I know that this is one of my mixed friends' favorite book. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) I'm like, if she's black and white and it's talking about negative effects, like, I don't understand. So, yeah, it's another one that I just have to... You know, obviously, I don't want anybody to be hurt or I don't want these books to have a negative effect on people. Absolutely. Um, And I think the more the conversation that we need to have is what books are required reading in school rather than this whole let's ban the books. I 100% agree with you there. (laughs) All right. We're coming back to this next year, Danielle. Yes. Because that's what we're going to be talking about. Yes. Because to me, that's what this really needs to be. Right. It needs to be a, you know, should we be, this be required reading? Absolutely. Rather than, do we need to take this book out of all the school libraries? Yeah. I digress. (laughs) Next on the list is Of Mice and Men by John Stenback. This has been banned and challenged for, again, racial slurs and racist stereotypes and their negative effect on students. I, I haven't read this one, but it's been around for so long. I feel like I should have. I've read it. <laughs> you have. I've read it. Okay. Um. Yeah, I got like one of the cute little like almost hand. I mean, it's very short. It's yeah. very short. Um. And the characters in there are so like there's this one character. I love him so much. But yes, there's racial slurs in there. And yes, there's racist stereotypes in there. And 
we that's another topic that we could talk about in a future thing is how like do you deal with those things when you're reading right and you know all the class you know there's that big discussion around classics and how so many of them have that type of thing and how you're like is it a time period thing or like you know that all there's a whole discussion yeah but at the end of the day like i did enjoy the story as a whole so next on the list we have the bluest eye by tony morrison and this was banned and challenged because it was considered sexually explicit and depicts child sex abuse. So I haven't read this one either, but I've, I've read a few of her other ones. I've read Beloved and I've read Song of Solomon. Um, and those were both featured on this list at one point or another, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> yeah, I have not read this one, so I can't speak to if it no. does or not. Yeah. Um, or how big that is in the grand scheme of the book. But I've heard a lot of people really like this book, so I don't know. Yeah. So. Um, last up, we have number 10, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. This is challenged for a profanity and because it was thought to promote an anti-police message. Okay, let's just let that sink in for a second. So what did you think about that list and the reasons why they were challenged? Just like in general, like, what do you think? So in general, I saw a lot of think in here Mm -hmm. or thought to have, which Mm -hmm. allegedly, allegedly, exactly, (laughs) exactly. And I feel like if we're bringing think, thought, feelings allegedly into this you know I, I I don't even know how they got these to be honest with you because it's one person's or a collective person's viewpoint on what constitutes racism and what constitutes anti-police thoughts and what you know I just I, I don't know and I feel like I'd said it earlier that when you put something on a banned books list it makes me want to read it Like, I remember being in school and seeing, oh, you know, uh, She's Come Undone by Wally Lamb has been banned. I'm going to read it. (laughs) Yeah, let me see why. Exactly, exactly. Flowers in the Attic by Mm -hmm. V.C. Andrews. That's one of my favorite books. That was on this I've never read it, but I really want to. Uh, My mom read it. I've seen, like, one of the movie adaptions or whatever. Yeah. But I really want to read it. (laughs) (laughs) So the the only movie... Ad, uh, adaptation that you should watch is the one that was on Lifetime with Heather Graham because that was maybe that's the one I watched. Okay, because <laughs> that was close to the book. Uh, the other one from the eighties. Oh, oh, it was a travesty. I think I was probably a little too young in the eighties to watch it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I watched I it in did. the. I wonder which one I watched now, but yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Oh, it's so good, but it was on this list, and that's why I read it because it features incest, and you know, it, I feel like books get banned for such different opinions and I don't I don't even know like what makes my opinion better than somebody else's and you know because I think that something may be hateful I can put it on this list doesn't really make sense yeah because anybody can submit right you know this stuff to the you know the powers that be and they collect all of this stuff and then based on like how many people if like enough parents sign a petition yeah to get this book out of a school like they make it happen and it's like but what if a child really needed that particular book absolutely um and it just i don't know it's frustrating to me mm-hmm. um and it's just i'm still mind blown that here we are you know 
years later, decades later, and we're still doing this. This yeah. is still a thing. Next year, next April, in 2022, we're mm-hmm. going to get another list. And I guarantee some of these are going to still be on there. The children's book that we discussed that has the uh, racist views and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think as a kid growing up, if you're struggling with something, if you're struggling with racist thoughts against you or, you know, you're not quite sure if you belong in your own body and maybe you think you might be transgender, these books could be a way for them to own it and know that it's okay. And exactly. by policing that and removing it from them, it's it's really just othering them and it giving is. them, taking away that out for them to understand that they're not alone. And, you know, there are ways to overcome and there are people who do love them for whatever it is. I mean, I hear and I talk to readers all the time about how they're like, oh my gosh, I just read a book about a fat person. For the first time in my life, mm-hmm. there was a character that was fat. I've never read from that before. So that crosses over into everything. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is the first time I've ever read about someone that's bisexual. This is the first time I've ever read about someone trans. This is the first time I've ever read about a mixed person. This right. is the first time I've, you know, like um, r- mixed race. This is like all of these, as an adult, I'm talking to these people. How sad is that? How sad that they've had to wait 20, 30, 40, 50 years to read a book that they can relate to on such like a personal level absolutely i mean that to me that's tragic yeah so for some of these books to be on this list preventing kids from having access to them when it's something that they might need now who knows they may not even discover these books even if they were all unbanned unbanned unchallenged they may not even discover these but there's a chance that they could and by banning them and challenging them we're taking away that chance absolutely so it's just sad. <laughs> it really is. It really, really is. <laughs> so have you read any of the books off of this list or seen any of the movies or? I have. So I, I own The Hate You Give, but I haven't read it yet. I'm looking forward to reading it. I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, and Books Week. There it is. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I should do that this week. <laughs> um, but I have read uh, Speak and I've read To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, and they were both years ago when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, I read Speak when I was in high school. And I think the last time I read uh, To Kill a Mockingbird was when I was in college. Um, But I mean, I I don't I don't understand why they've been banned. (laughs) There are other books that I would ban. Like, you know, (laughs) can we ban this one? Exactly. (laughs) I just think the reasons, the reasons to me, like, give me a good reason why no one should be reading this book. Yeah. And then we'll talk about it. But (laughs) um, of this list, um, I've read two off this list. I have also read Speak by Laurie Howells Anderson. And like I said, I've read Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck. Um, I haven't read the book, but I did watch the movie for The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. Um, And I'll start. This is what I was talking about earlier. Um, Some of the reasons listed on why a book is challenged as an adult, I didn't even pick up one. I didn't read Speak until I was an adult, and I didn't read Of Mice and Men until I was an adult. Um, 
so for the reasons, one of the reasons why Speak was challenged was it was thought to contain a political viewpoint. Mm. And I will tell you right now, whether it's a similar viewpoint as mine politically or the total opposite political viewpoint as me, I hate reading politics in my books. Yeah. Same. Like in a romance or like a thriller. I just, I don't want to read it. <laughs> I just don't care. Just take it out. I don't remember politics being in this book at all. <laughs> so I'm like... How is that a reason? I don't even remember. It's not like it was so long ago. I wasn't. Yeah. I didn't read this when I was a kid. I read this as an adult, like within the last five years, and <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Secondly, even if it did have politics, would it be so bad? Because I have read other books that mm-hmm. are not on this list that have politics in them. Are we banning all books that have politics in them? Obviously, we're not. So why this one? You know what I'm saying? Don't put that in a reason. They're just trying to like couch it in there with other stuff. Yeah. Like it just seems so fishy to me. (laughs) Um, And like I was saying earlier, like when you were talking about like um, your sister and her children and stuff, in my opinion, we can only shelter and protect children and teens for so long. Mm -hmm. Eventually, they're going to be adults and they're going to have to do their own thing. Wouldn't it be better to read these things now um, when they have the opportunity to ask questions in class or at home, like with their teachers, their parents, their peers, like be able to have a discussion about it instead of just, you know, they read it as an adult and then they just take it for face value and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think it's always better to have a discussion about a book and get multiple viewpoints on it than just like your own thought because you're only coming from one experience you know what Agreed. I'm saying so if you tackle these things in school and you're reading it as a class you're gonna have let's say 20 other people to talk to this book about um not saying that those 20 people are gonna have the best opinions or the right advice but right. at least you're getting a different viewpoint and then you can take it home and then you can say hey mom we're reading of mice and men in class let me hear your thoughts on it. And then you can like Google it and then you can ask other readers and stuff like that. But I feel like the more people that you have around you, you know, helping you out, like I think that would be better. And I feel like I so often say when I read books, man, I didn't really like this book that much because like I needed to talk to people about it. Mm -hmm. I needed to have that discussion because like maybe I just didn't get everything or like there was something in there that I was kind of like, I don't know what to feel about that. So I feel like, Some of these, these are all ones that, you know, seem to be like required reading or some of them are. And that's the perfect ideal thing in my eyes. Like my opinion, I think that's the perfect time to read them. And I mean, maybe the answer is maybe we shouldn't be banning the books. Maybe we should just be championing doing your research a little bit more um, and asking those questions and having those conversations. If you're going to tackle like hard topics, it's better to have that support system and be like, This was really hard. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. When you read something that really gets to you, talking about it is the best way to to cope with it, even as an adult. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, I read some of these horror books and I'm like, oh my gosh, hold my hand. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought it would also be interesting to share some of these like censorship by the numbers um, that the American Library Association, they did like some polls and stuff like that. So these aren't like, totally wed, you know, widespread mm-hmm. numbers and stuff like that. This is just based on the responses that they got to these polls. Um, but so who initiates these challenges? I thought it was very interesting because <laughs> this is this is what we were talking about. Like, is it the students not liking this? Like who right. who's saying we don't want this book? And so 
50% of the people that submitted a response was parents. They That's said five nope. zero. Yes. Five zero. Fifty percent was the parent. So I'm thinking, you're not even the person reading the book. Right. <laughs> so some of these things that it says, like it hurts the children's, you know, it's negatively affects mm. the children. How do you know you're the parent? Why don't you ask the children? Okay. Twenty percent are patrons. So like patrons of the library, mm-hmm. patrons of the bookstore, you know, things like that. So that's 70% of the challenges, parents and patrons. Wow. Because I was thinking, when I initially thought it, I was like, oh, this has got to be political. Yeah. This has got to be. That's what I was thinking. I was like, it's our politics. They're banning our bugs. Oh, my God. That's why <laughs> I speak is on the list. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, my gosh. But no. So then we have 11% is like the school board and administration. Mm-hmm. 9% political and religious groups. Wow. So the people in the groups, 5%, now this shocked me, 5% librarians and teachers, but that's also good because I feel like they do read the source material before they put it out there. Yeah. So they're thinking like, maybe like, if I ban it, if it gets banned or challenged, I don't have to read it for required reading. So who knows? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Four, only 4% elected officials. That shocked me because I thought that number would have been much higher. Me too. One percent students one percent out of a hundred percent 99 percent is other people right and one percent is the student that is not getting the book wow one percent i mean that to me that's mind-blowing <laughs> yeah so you really have to i'm mean, like i said i'm gonna share these on our instagram like stories and stuff like that but just look at those numbers that yeah. is wild to me so now i thought it'd be cool to go like where do these challenges take place 43 mm-hmm. percent public libraries 38 percent schools 15 percent school libraries Two percent academia, like college, you know, mm-hmm. things like that, like upper education, and two percent other. I'm assuming like bookstores, yeah. Amazon, online sellers, you know, things like that. But that's just crazy. Public libraries, almost fifty percent again, yeah. getting the biggest hit, um, which is where you can get free books, <laughs> where there is the most access for people to go get a book. Yep, and it's challenged and banned there. Yeah. Can't get it. The very, the two percent makes sense to me. Yes, yes. Because they're making the money. So they're right. not gonna challenge that much. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's a very good point. Yes, absolutely. So um there's a whole bunch of reasons why, you know. Um there's they did this little cool little I don't even know what this is called. What's this called? It's there's a word for it. It's like where there's a whole bunch of words. It's like a word. It's like a word collage almost. Yeah. And it's like the reasons for challenging Mm -hmm. different books and stuff like over the years and stuff like that. So I will. So it says each word and phrase in this graphic is cited from 2020 censorship reports. And there's a whole bunch of them. But the biggest one in the middle is LGBTQIA plus, which just. You know, and then it, of course, has Black Lives Matter, anti-racism, slurs, political viewpoint. Uh, there's indecent, propaganda, suicide, rape, self-harm. Like, all of these things are in there. Brainwash children. There's a whole bunch. So you'll yeah. just have to look at it on Instagram. Or you can go to, like, the website that I will have linked in the notes. And you can see all of these graphics. 
Yeah. So pretty much any trigger warning that you can think of is on right. this is on this graphic. Yes. Even words like disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean like, per- like- perverted. <laughs> So since the inception of Banned Books Week in 1982, libraries and bookstores throughout the country have staged local readouts, which are continuous readings of banned and challenged books. Even banned authors have participated and you can participate too. Readers can join the action by posting a video of themselves reading from a banned book or talking about censorship. The ALA lists of the top 10 challenged books and frequently challenged books will provide some inspiration when on which books to read from or to talk about. Include the phrase Banned Books Week when titling and tagging your video. I've actually done this in the past. I took, and I don't think people understood what I was doing. Like my casual viewers, they were like, why is she only reading like a couple of pages? Right. <laughs> well, obviously, I'm not going to read the whole book to you. You know, like it's supposed to be like a short little video. And then there's actually like a form that you can fill out if you do one of these videos and you keep it like under three minutes that you can send it into them. And I think they like compile the videos oh, or that's something cool. like that. So all that information is available on their website. And I think it is a really good thing to do, especially like that picture book would be a really good yes. one to do because you could like see all the artwork and you could like read a little bit of it and you could like see the back. So yeah, very, very interesting. And actually, you know what, when I was getting, I knew we were doing this episode. So I did request all of these books at my library, um, just so I could check them all out mm-hmm. and take pictures of them and then send them all <laughs> and send them all back. And I'm like, <laughs> do I need to just constantly start checking out these books? Um, luckily for me, my library had almost all of them. Oh, wow. Um, so that was really good. That made me proud. I was like, yes, my library is doing me good. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I know we have shared a lot of information. It's a lot to take in. I will link the Banned Books website as well as have links to Danielle's social media and the notes of today's show. Don't forget, you can write a quick review expressing how much you love Talk Bookish to me, and I will repost it on Instagram at Talk Bookish Podcast. If you'd like to be a guest in a future episode, you can fill out the guest interest form linked on Instagram or email me at talkbookishpodcast at gmail.com. I also want to say a huge sincere thank you to Danielle <laughs> for hopping on and chatting with me today. She, I actually like pitched some ideas to her and she's like, I want to do this one. I was like, yes. yes. <laughs> um, and she'll also be back in the new year for season three. We already have a topic planned and everything. It's going to be super fun. <laughs> so do you have any final thoughts for us? Gwen, this was so much fun. I told you I wouldn't be. Yes. Oh my gosh. I like, I don't know why we didn't do this sooner. <laughs> yes, exactly. So now you'll like feel cool, like popping on anytime. Yes, absolutely. And I just think, you know, it's so awesome to have such a great conversation with such a great friend and mm-hmm. about such a topic that, you know, it's so taboo and we really need to bring light to it. And I think by opening the doors and having this conversation, hopefully we are. And, you know, participating in Banned Books Week is going to be really fun. Yeah, absolutely. So that's it for this episode. Until next time, happy reading!